Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everyone Cool in the Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Fake I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined, as always, by Just Clark Barnes, Mr. Class Jordan Smith, and the man, the myth, the legend, Ginja Nick. Uh, how are we doing today, you guys? Doing great, great. Pete. Swag. Whatever. Should <laughs> <laughs> we recap the Packers game? <laughs> I think that's the recap right there. Yeah. You can just recap the weekend from there. Nick has accepted the fact that the Seahawks suck. Clark had a heart attack over the Texans winning the uh, Battle of Texas. I comfortably watched Sunday football because the Patriots handled the Colts. And uh, Jordan has just given up on all football. He's now living and dying by the arm of Sam Darnold and his and his beloved Jets. I literally am. I am looking at other uh teams right now just window shopping i'm still married to the packers it's okay to look but you're like you're on facebook you're reaching out to some old high school friends kind of checking in on them hey just adding some just adding some new friends i haven't like downloaded bumble or anything for a new nfl team but just see what's out there for the sake of the podcast will you adopt the jaguars so that we can get like a a thing going with clark (laughs) That would be. I feel like we don't even need to do that because already this podcast has just adapted, adopted the Jaguars as their team just to piss Clark off. I, me and Clark are going to be in a battle for head coaches pretty soon here. I'm pretty sure that's that is a that is for sure true. That's going to be an exciting thing to watch. Yeah, Mike. We I tweeted this out from the RB One podcast Twitter. Uh, Mike McCarthy has rapidly ascended the ranks of coaches that need to get fired. Our power rankings for coaches that need to get axed. On other news, well, it's still football related. I had a uh, a fun realization today, you guys. You know when you're homesick and you're watching afternoon TV, it's like, you know, The Price is Right or Family Feud. And then all the ads are about retirement plans because the audience that watches TV at 3 p.m. are all old people on a Tuesday. Um so I was listening to my sports podcasts today because I have multiple that I listen to, you know, getting all the uh, the good infos, the important infos for all you dear listeners. Um, and in three different shows, I heard the same ad in all three, uh, and I've gained a greater understanding for the people that listen uh, to sports shows and that sport podcasts cater towards. Apparently, they all cater towards men with erectile dysfunction. So clearly what we need to do is we need to start sympathizing with men who have ED because uh, it's a key demographic of sports podcast listeners that we are missing. Are they still Did doing like Sherry's Berries for every Valentine's Day? Like that seems to be a sponsored ad that I hear all the time. I try not to listen to podcasts during the season because I don't want to just regurgitate stuff that other people are saying. But like Sherry's Berries, I imagine Honey Baked Ham like, hey, you're a lazy dude who doesn't know how to do things. Be nice to your wife who tolerates you. 
those are kind of the ads I expect. Here. Yeah. No, I haven't heard I haven't heard any honey baked ham yet. Those will probably start picking up in November when Thanksgiving rolls around. Right now, it's just uh, does your penis not work? Here's a some pills and meds that will help your penis work. Were you listening to the Bill Simmons podcast? I was. Yes. See, I was listening to that in the car on the way home, and I, generally, I just you know zone out whenever there's an ad read. But then all of a sudden, I hear ED, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, what did well, you just say? Just like, oh, okay, Bill. So, I don't necessarily need to hear your whiny voice telling me that my penis isn't working, but on uh, on a lot of the the football podcasts that I listen to, where I hear the the ED pill commercials, they usually package it as like, "Are you getting older? Is your right. hair falling out? Take testosterone pills; it'll fix your hair and has other benefits too." I mean, as the only bald man on this podcast, I'm happy to report everything else is just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make Clark updates like a weekly thing. Yep. Update on Clark's life. <laughs> Everything Clark is new. Working. Just really fine. About it. <laughs> Trying out some probiotics. I feel better. Don't know if it's a placebo or not, but yeah, feeling good. Check it under the hood. It's all functioning. Um, so there you go. So this is a key demographic that we're going to have to start really incorporating into, into the podcast because it's clearly a major fan base. Uh, of of sports podcast listeners that we are currently neglecting. So just something to keep in the back of our heads as we move forward with the show. Uh, talking football stuff, <clears throat> we got a packed show for you guys today. Um, obviously, we're going to start with our You Help No One nominees and hand out that award. And then we're going to move on to, uh, you know, we're five weeks in. And we're going to start looking, we're going to look at players on our roster who we're kind of getting a little fed up with. And the leash is pretty short with them. And we're giving them one last chance uh, to prove themselves to us before they get quick axed. Uh, then, of course, we'll wrap up with waiver wire ads. So let's start. Let's cue that ceremony music. And let's start off with the nominees for the week five You Help No One Award. And we start off with wide receiver for the Oakland Raiders, Amari Cooper, who had one reception for 10 yards. Next, John Brown, wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, who had 14 targets, but a mere four receptions for 58 yards. Isaiah Crowell, running back for the New York Jets, comes in third with 15 attempts for 219 yards and a touchdown. Our fourth uh, nominee is running back Jay Ajayi for the Philadelphia Eagles. Pour some out as he tore his ACL, evidently. Uh, eight attempts for 29 yards, and he also had a fumble lost. And then finally, Jordan's favorite player in the NFL right now, Mason Crosby. It takes a lot to be a kicker and make this list, but he has done it. One for five in field goals, and he missed a point after attempt. Uh, Jordan, let us start with you. Um, it might not be a surprise to anyone who you are picking, but who is your nominee for this week? Uh, for you help no one. Uh, my nominee's just gotta be Crosby. Like he's literally caused people to lose points this week, um, for being inept and he just looked straight up shook. There's no reason he, it's not like he was missing 50 yard bombs either. He was missing chip shot field goals. They were reviewing just about every kick, like, oh, was there something wrong with the hold, the snap? Everything was just fine. He just sucked, and I hope he ended up having to walk home yesterday. Yeah, Spoken as I, a true impartial person. I, I agree. I uh, am also impartial, except for the fact that I started him in three leagues, and I think I lost two matchups because I got a total of negative, like negative five points from the guy. So, yeah, Crosby. So that's another vote for Crosby. Uh, Clark. 
Is it a sweep so far? Who is your nominee? No, I have to disagree. I played against Mason Crosby, Crosby so he helped me. You were uh, very happy with it. We had a, at one point, a 20-point swing with Mason Crosby, Crosby. I don't know why I can't say his name. Uh, clocking in at negative nine points and my man Randy Bullock getting me 11. So Mason Crosby helped me. My big you helped no one is Isaiah Crowell. And it's because it's the kind of person that you look at as your third running back or flex. And you're like, well, he's the starter. He's the number one. But then you just rightfully so talk your way out of starting him. And then he puts up 200 yards and a touchdown on your bench. So you know that he did not help anyone outside of New York Jet fantasy football leagues. There's no one There's no one who started Isaiah Crowell being like, oh, I am making a shrewd move here. The only reason you started Isaiah Crowell is because you had to. That was your only possible choice. I agree with your pick, Clark. My pick, and I realized that I, I, in writing this list, kind of was let my biases shine a little bit. I don't necessarily know if John Brown really deserves to be on this list, but he deserves to be on this list for me. Because I started him and he gave me a whole bunch of nothing. The biggest thing that was so incriminating, so damning, was the 14 targets. And he only had four receptions. And I think that I let that get to me a little bit. Because, you know, 58 yards isn't the worst performance in the world. Um, But just the amount of opportunity that he was presented with and the lack of production that he followed it up with. Just for me, uh, John Brown, you helped no one this week. Well, Pete, one of the advantages of doing the podcast is that you get to write the rules. It's true. So I can I can concoct them. Uh, and so now we've tallied all of our votes into the votes that were tallied on fateteams.com. So next time, if you want to be a part of all of this, make sure to go vote. We post a poll out at the beginning of every Monday. So go uh, vote. And as we tally in our scores, drum roll, please. The winner for week five, you have no award, is... Mari Cooper, for the first okay. time, we no. have had someone yeah. that we never no. nominated. <laughs> we, we, none no. of us picked Amari Cooper, but clearly the the people, the readers, uh, and the listenership has voted on Amari Cooper, which surprises I, me. I would like to he, quote Alanis Morissette when I say, "You, you, you, you ought to know." Yeah. This- these listeners, are they not listening to the podcast? We talked about Amari Cooper being due for a down week last week. We so haven't talked about right his good week, bad week rotation. It's just Amari Cooper. Yeah. was there. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a roller coaster. We've accepted all of this. We know all the facts. We've proven this before. Um, so Amari Cooper, I guess, is your winner for week five, uh, the performance that was the least helpful with 47% of the votes. Uh, we. We had Mason Crosby coming in second with 27%, and then John Brown coming in with 13% of the votes in uh, third. But, uh, yeah, uh, a, a controversial win right there, I would say, for Amari Cooper. So, we'll see. Vito, we're going with Mason Crosby. Vito. Okay. All right. Executive decision by Clark is we're vetoing Amari Cooper because listeners, let's be honest, you should have known better. Mason Crosby truly deserves this. Uh, truly deserves this award this week. Uh, so there you go. Waffling like which kicker should I start this week? Chances are you just started Mason. You just Crosby. started Mason Crosby. You just expected him. You didn't expect him to get you negative points. The 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 literally removing points from your fantasy team is a pretty damning uh, damning moniker for winning this award. It's hard. It's hard not to win this award when you are 
actively removing points from someone's fantasy team. I agree because you know when you start a defense that they might get you negative points, but if right. they just get you one, it feels so much better than if they get you negative one, even though it's two points. Right. Well, so anyway. And reliable kickers, they're kind of a safe bet for like 10 points. Well, I mean, but what? who is a reliable kicker in the NFL is, these days? It's Justin I, Tucker and that's it. That's fair. I mean, what is happening in the NFL with this kicking epidemic? Good God. Did Bailey missed a kick? What, what the frickity frack? What the hell is going on out there? <laughs> uh, so, anyways, so congrats to uh, congrats to Mason Crosby. You you were you deserved and you won this uh, the award this week honorably. Moving on. Um, so we are now in wait, week. Wait, wait, yes. Hold on. We have a we have a new sponsor on the show tonight. Ooh. We have a new sponsor on tonight. <clears throat> I'll do the I'll do the read for us. Okay. Um, is life being a bit of a bitch do you need to start working out shed that pooch have a rough time meeting other active singles in your area tired of the same old k9 to 5 grind well you're in luck for the low payment of usually nothing at all you too can become the proud owner of a new or gently used doggo from your local animal shelter dogs come in basically one shape but several different sizes and i can personally guarantee that not one of them will judge you when you get more nacho cheese in your beard than you do in your mouth but wait there's more not only will you never have to pick up another dropped piece of lunch meat again but with the new doggo you'll always have someone to tell that really funny slash depressing slash embarrassing story to and the best thing is, man's best friend won't cheat on you like that lying like Meredith. So do yourself a favor, take a minute to visit your local SPCA today. There are plenty of loving doggos out there looking for a good home. And remember, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be willing to share a little bit of every meal that you eat at home for the rest of your life. Because come on, how can you say no to that face? So go get a dog. RB1 podcast sponsored by your local SPCA. Freaking Meredith. Freaking wow. I can't believe that was in the read. What so, a what a progress. Well, not even progressive, I guess. That's the opposite. Of I didn't read the copy. I just read it. Yeah. I mean, that's just the copy. Wow. Wow. This is amazing, though. I was at an animal shelter two days ago helping my girlfriend look for a new dog. Sponsored by the RB1 podcast. You're welcome. Yeah. Helping you look for a new dog. Nick, don't don't not commit. I mean, old. <laughs> it was it's gonna be y'all's dogs. Yeah. <laughs> first, first it's the first it's sharing a fantasy team. Then it's sharing a dog. And if her name is Meredith, I am sorry. I, just, <laughs> I, I tried to pick a name that was just me. It was the copy. It was just yeah. the copy. No her name is not Meredith, uh, okay. but she does listen to this podcast, so this will be fun to. Hey, all right, good. There you go. Hey, later. man, that's a listener. Army One Podcast, new sponsor. So thanks. She did start Amari Cooper. Promise yeah. you that. She did not. Uh, <laughs> so there you go, man. Wow, what a sponsorship we landed. This is this is some high level shit right here. Um, moving on. So we're now five weeks into the NFL season, and by this point, hopefully, you've gotten a pretty good sense uh, for your fantasy team and how it ebbs and how it flows, and you clearly know who your stars and who you can trust. But you also have a couple of guys now who you've been thinking about moving on from. Guys who pushed you to the brink with their inconsistent play and their inability to be a reliable start or even be a viable fantasy player. It's well approaching that time where you as a fantasy owner need to take control of your team and say, enough already. 
You don't control my team. I control my team. So, Clark, with that in mind, who is atop your list as players on your team who you need to see something from in week six in order to stay on your roster? Yeah, so I always draft kind of the same teams because I like the same people. And so I either have great or horrible fantasy years. And someone that I have in every league this year who's really on his last straw is, and I know this is going to be disappointing to the fantasy listeners out there, Dion Lewis. Oh, and more importantly, the entire Titans offense and organization. What are you doing? I actually have stats this week, so extra credit. Wow, Clark's coming freaking prepared. 26th in offensive yards per game per ESPN, 29th in points per game, ESPN scoring. Next week, they face the Ravens, who give up the third fewest points to running backs. Then they have a bye. And then week eight, they face the Chargers, who are 13th in points allowed to running backs. So not only has Deion Lewis started hot and then gone super cold, much like a bad marriage, we can expect it to continue for several more weeks here. So what are you going to do with Deion Lewis? He's he's a couple of bad games away from visiting the waiver wire. That's, and that's strong. crushing for you. That's a big, this is a big, uh, a big thing for you to admit on the public airwaves. And I'm proud of you, Clark. We, there's a reason we put the kibosh on them. But if we're moving on, I mean, show me something, Corey Davis. I'm breaking the kibosh here. But come on, dude. The guy leads the Titans in every single f-ing receiving category, yet managed, can't manage to post double digits outside of the week four outing. He barely crashed six points in standard leagues. Six points. I picked him up in all my leagues, thinking opportunity is the best kind of tunity. Uh, but man, major letdown at this point. So, Corey Davis, show me something against the Ravens defense uh, that is, you know, in terms of points against posing wide receivers, average, average. Get me something or back to the waiver wire with you. I, I feel like I should have about Mariota. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I, if, uh, Corey, if Mariota's the one throwing to Corey Davis, then that, you might be out of luck. I mean, the, 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 just as he is the entire Titans passing attack, and yet their passing attack is so pitiful that it doesn't actually amount to any viable fantasy value. And so it's it's so difficult for me to, much in the way that it's difficult for Clark to give up on Deion Lewis, who is his, his pride and joy and literally his favorite person in the world right now, I would say. It's very difficult for me to pass on Corey Davis, who the opportunity is just unquestionable. I mean, any player who's like 45% of their offense, you just can't say no to in fantasy. But I guess you have to when that offense is just utter and complete trash. 45% of zero is something too small to even measure. That's a very good point, Clark. Science. Science. Uh, Jordan, who uh, who do you have that's you know that needs to show you something in week six in order to stay on your roster? This is tough because there's just a league wide attrition at tight end, um, but it's got to be Jimmy Graham. Um, he just flat out dropped it, went right through his hands yesterday. A touchdown, and he's largely been touchdown dependent while he works his way into the offense. Uh, but with without Randall Cobb, without Geronimo Allison, uh, Jimmy Graham was in a prime position to be like the number two guy behind Devontae Adams. And he was in terms of targets, but he just didn't really do much with them. And he really should have had a much larger day considering Aaron Rodgers was having to chuck the ball around the field like 50 times. Um, But yeah, he, I mean, I hate to say it because he just looks like he's either slowing down or he just looks like he's not ready for the offense just yet. Um, You know, as the calendar turns into um 
NFL pretends to care about breast cancer awareness month. Uh, he could start to do a little bit better, like going forward because teams just generally do better in September is almost the second preseason, but I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about plugging in Jimmy Graham on a week to week basis now. Oh, Jordan, the NFL has pivoted. They're now pretending to care about all cancer. So take that women. Ah, okay. That explains the uh, colorful captain's patch on Drew Brees. Well, the thing with Jimmy Graham, too, is it's not only just how reliable is he, it's also how reliable is his Packers offense, which I'm sure, Jordan, you can speak to eloquently and uh, at length. Oh, my second uh, disappointment is going to be fire. I'm coming for scorched earth. Okay, good. Before we get to that, then, we'll we'll come right back to you. Uh, Nick, let's get your first player that you are... They are on a short leash this week. If they don't give you anything, you are whick, giving them the axe. Yeah, this is probably going to be it for me with uh, Alfred Morris. He got a big workload last week after Breda got hurt. He had 18 carries uh, for 61 yards. He caught three of five passes, which, which was kind of weird that he was being targeted. But I guess, you know, that's the C.J. Beathard effect. Um, but he's got a big opportunity coming up here. Breda might miss their next game. And I need to see something out of him. He's he's playing Green Bay. Hey, Jordan. Um, and they've they've given up pretty decent days to a number of running backs. They've uh, Jordan Howard, Adrian Peterson, Legarrette Blunt, all like pure runner type guys, have had pretty good fantasy outings. So if he's going to do it, this is a great opportunity for him to do it, especially given that it's just his backfield, this good matchup. If he can't get it done here, then I'm going to hope for a one week of high scoring so I could try to ship him out. And maybe that's what this week is too. He's I really least. want Alfred Morris to be a thing. I called it. And so I'm kind of like latching on to that early season prediction. I don't want it to be a thing like this because that's, you never want to be right just by default, but I think you're right. If he can't do it when he's clearly the only person and Jordan just what's that against the Packers, then I don't know. I don't know how you're going to hold on to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he can. Yeah, if he does nothing with this opportunity. Oh, snip, snip! Uh, snip, snip for old Alfred. Even though I had him on my waiver wire ad, but my waiver wire ad is is entirely constructed around the fact that this is an opportunity where Braid is down, most likely, for the week. Uh, and you're hoping that you know he comes in. He's still gotten decent touches, and he's still gotten decent workload at the goal line. You're hoping he's a plug-and-play guy who can get you you know, RB1, RB2 numbers. And if he doesn't, he's off the roster. Because if he's not going to do it when he's gets fully his backfield, he's not going to do it ever. Uh, all right, Jordan. We are halfway through this segment. This is the time where the people want the super hot fire. This is the time where we put it in the little description and it says Jordan just spits pure flames, parentheses, time, and parentheses. And everyone's just going to skip to this point in the podcast. Who is the second player that needs to show you something in week 16 before you get... So the second player that I need to see more from is Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. And it's not because of him. It is not his fault. I am just about done with Mike McCarthy and his BS at this point. He's starting to join the ranks of like Jason Garrett and Tony Dungy of a couple of years ago where it's like, what are you actually good at in terms of coaching? Like wow. you have a really good quarterback and you are essentially just wasting his prime right now. There was a great piece on the ringer by Robert Mays about that. Um, 
he's a Bears fan, but he's always been pretty objective about Aaron Rodgers because he loves him. Um, and I just don't know what McCarthy is good at. I used to give him the benefit of the doubt because when you look around the league, there are just a ton of bad coaches. And when you bring in a new one, there's a good chance that that coach could be gone in like two years. So McCarthy's kind of been gliding by on this. I won a Super Bowl eight years ago thing, but I think that uh, that statute of limitations is up. Aaron Jones is averaging six yards a carry, and the knock is he's not a passing down back, but his pass blocking has improved, and he only has four catches on the year, but he's taking those catches for 10 yards per catch. This guy is literally a walking first down that they won't put in the game. He didn't get a second-half carry at all yesterday, despite that one drive where he was just cutting up the lines, like just destroying them. You did not need to throw as much as they did. Uh, they saw what happened when you threw too much, like Aaron Rodgers ended up getting sacked from behind, fumbling twice during the game. Uh, just give the ball to Aaron Jones. There's no reason that your best running back shouldn't be in the game. I get that McCarthy has like this situational back thing going on, there's absolutely no reason Ty Montgomery should be continuing to get carries in that offense. Um, yeah, he's really not even that good to be on the field. Jamal Williams, sure, great second um, option. But Jamal Williams is like a very comfortable four-door sedan, whereas Aaron Jones is the sports car that McCarthy keeps in the garage with the cover still over it because he doesn't want to get a scratch on it. Just let it out of the garage, take the cover off, and open that bad boy up. You got all this horsepower. You might as well use it. So I'm f***ing sick and tired of Mike McCarthy. And he's skyrocketed up the rankings for first coach fired. Yeah, there it is, John. Dropping some heat. That was my rant. rant Mike over. McCarthy is kind of the bizarro world uh, Bill Belichick, right? So they both got perhaps the best quarterback of all time. And Mark Mike McCarthy just sort of manages to barely limp into the playoffs and then uh, Bill Belichick takes Matt Castle and has 11 wins and manages to miss the playoffs with him so yeah I'm with you McCarthy come on you got to do better than that it's just it blows my mind that with the offensive weapons that the Packers have and and not just in the fact that they're you know can do their jobs very well it's also just in the variety that you could use them that that offense is not more creative. Ty Montgomery is not a running back, but what he is, is he's basically what the Cowboys are using Tavon Austin as. Like, these are all functions in people's offenses that utilize a hyper-athletic, smaller guy who kind of can bounce between that running back and receiver role. And McCarthy just doesn't want to do that. It's all still just like, let's have Aaron Rodgers drop back in the pocket, sit there, let's run a bunch of ISO routes deep, and let's hope our receivers just beat their matchups. Like, no, 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 you can't do that anymore. Like, scheme someone open, man. You see the Rams, and you look at the throws that Jared Goff makes. Yes, they're very beautiful throws. Don't get me wrong. They're also just wide open receivers because they're schemed to get open. Whereas with the Packers, I feel like every time Rodgers makes a throw, it's into this tiny little window because there's nothing scripted to get a receiver open other than just like, well, Devontae Adams, Rodgers is going to rip it to your back shoulder and we just hope that the timing is there. I literally like daydream about what it'd be like if Aaron Rodgers was in like a McVay, Shanahan, Nagy offense. Uh, McCarthy's easily the third best coach in the division now. And to your point about Montgomery being like that, uh, that tool that uh, I would say closer to Tavon Austin 
Yeah, uh, I think, no, I think that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on that spectrum. But he's done that for years. He's used like Randall Randall Cobb as like this wild cat. Like, oh no, we're gonna definitely run uh, something tricky with Randall Cobb at some point during this game, and it just never works. And it doesn't work with Ty Montgomery either. You should honestly just revert him back to a slot role and. Don't be afraid to divert from the game plan, Mike. Like you come in on Sundays and you have exactly what you want to do. You're going to get certain players an exact amount of carries, but it is really okay to let Aaron Jones just go wild on defenses. I'm just happy that Jordan just told Mike McCarthy to go reenact the scene from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Joyride in the Ferrari scene? Yep. Clark, did you get that reference? You did. No, that was a little... No, I understand. I understand. A little past your time. Since we're dropping F-bombs, why the f*** is Alvin Kamara returning punts? Because <laughs> he's not getting the goal line carries that Mark Ingram is. Oh! That's fine. I don't care. There. That's fine. Like It's like when Antonio Brown was the best receiver in the league and they still hadn't decided not to murder him on punts. Anyway. Hey. Really kick Brent Colquick in the face! Yeah. Do you remember when, the uh, update? Pete Carroll uh, Torrey Smith just scored a touchdown. Torrey Smith scored a touchdown? Oh man, no, if only he was on someone's fantasy. Did you team. drop him, Clark? Traquan Smith, I meant. <laughs> Good. No, no, I started him in the Scott Fishbowl. I'm going up against uh, Mike Beers Waters tonight. So I need him to uh, have a big game for me. Well, there you go. Let's in a different league, I picked up Torrey Smith and then could not figure out why Torrey Smith was on a roster because I did it from my phone. I was like, T Smith, boom, going to pick him up early before he nailed gets the it. start. Did not nail it. All right, second rounds. We already got Jordan second round, and what a glorious, glorious person he needs to prove himself he was. Uh, Clark, who is on a short leash for you this week? So I'm not even going the proximate player to coach. I'm just going with Bill O'Brien. You're just going like, balls deep in, into the, the coaching prospect. So please understand that I'm a Texans fan, and if you want to start a podcast, you can be on your own podcast and talk about teams that you like all the time. But I love the Texans, and we are ruining another quarterback. Deshaun Watson is going to get killed because Bill O'Brien's never even seen a boot action, play action offense before. He has no concept of how to move the quarterback around, even though the Texans have amazing wide receiver talent. We got Kiki Cutie coming across the middle. We have perhaps the fastest wide receiver in the league in Will Fuller. We have perhaps the best all-around wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. And we still got Deshaun Watson just sitting back there. Little skinny Deshaun Watson just sitting back there getting murdered behind the worst offensive line in football. And does he change anything? No, same thing every f***ing week. No, just same thing. All the, all the time, same thing with Bill O'Brien. We've been watching it for five years. He thought Brock Osweiler was good. He thought Tom Savage was good. It's That's it. It's over. It's not even last straw. The last straw has already been rotten or whatever it is with last straws. He's <laughs> Get rid of him. Let's go. No more. If the Packers and Texans just traded head coaches, I feel like that would solve everyone's problems. No this way. Is, yeah, <laughs> who who shines McVay's shoes? saying that, Pete. Like this is so the question the real question is between the Packers and the Texans, since both of them are gonna fire their head coach, fingers crossed. Who's hiring the Chiefs offensive coordinator? Me. Oh man. I want one. I'll take it. Anybody like the guy that vacuums Andy Reid's office is probably better at coaching football than he's Bill O'Brien. He's been studying the plays at night. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Hey, Andy Reid seems like a cool guy. They probably chat. 
it's a hundred percent goodwill hunting scenario. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna come out and they're gonna hire this random custodian, and then all of a sudden he's just going to be this offensive minded genius because he's been studying all of Andy Reid's playbooks while he cleans his office. I think Clark's onto something here. Yeah, and if we're doing movie references, can we get like an angels in the outfield left tackle while we're at it? Like sure. some kid who breaks his leg and just immediately has a great punch. You know, it's so <laughs> You have to give that beat. They gotta, they gotta break the leg and get punch. <laughs> Did you guys see the video of Andy Reid's 13 year old kick punt throw competition? Oh, yeah. What? Yeah, it's classic. He's three feet taller than all the other kids and outweighs them by like 100 pounds. That's the least surprising thing in the world. I'm glad we're like in this boat together, though, Clark. We both have. Just these head coaches that are inexplicably still in their role because the one thing they're supposed to be good at, which is coaching quarterbacks and by extension, maybe putting together a good offense, just aren't doing that. And that's a tough look in today's NFL. You're leaving me out, Jordan. We got the Carroll archaic offense going on over here. I mean, to be fair, Pete Carroll's not like like he's a defensive guy. He's known for defense, but like Bill O'Brien's thing is that he knows how to scheme an offense. And no, he doesn't. Like, it's just, I don't like football anymore. All right, that's fine. I'll keep hanging out with Pete. <laughs> Super close. <laughs> I Shut up over there with it. Bill Belichick. You're not it's, allowed to speak, Pete. <laughs> it's just such a beautiful, a beautiful tradition in this podcast where we get like halfway through the season and just 75% of the squad is just in complete depression. Yeah. Five and weeks I, into the year. It's all over. Five, five weeks into the year and everyone's just tuned out. It's perfect. This is a, this is why you tune in because we this are going to turn into a DFS podcast real quick. <laughs> We're just going to suddenly shift to fantasy basketball. I think on uh, the next episode later in the week, we got to talk about like glass half full scenarios just so we can start feeling a little bit better. Just so we can ourselves. try to like pump up put some positivity on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Kiki Kuti, two weeks in a row, looking like a looking like a, a boss. He's a stud. If we decide not to do that, I mean, the Major League Baseball season just started, so that's interesting. Go Strohs. Ooh, go Brewers. Yeah, go uh, Sox. Get out of here, Nick. You don't have a team. <laughs> Suck. Thanks. Let's hear your let's hear your uh, second player that you have a uh, something nice for you, Nicholas. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, I was beating the drum for him pretty loud entering the season, and it, it it's a super frustrating situation. Two weeks ago, he, he caught five of 12 freaking targets, which the, the way that they've been using him, where he's getting looks like right around the line of scrimmage, they're trying to manufacture touches for him. Now, he only got four targets last week, but he caught all four, still for only 45 yards. Um, he, the looks are there. The, the the utilization is there. They're trying to scheme the ball into his hands, but for whatever reason, it's just not working. And that is not going to keep working for me, Nelson. Um, I was counting on him as an upside flex who, with any luck, I could start as like a wide receiver two in, in killer matchups, but he's just not getting it done. So I'm going to need something out of him this week. Uh, they're playing the Giants on Thursday. Hopefully, uh, the, the you know, the Giants – genius coaching staff can put together a terrible game plan for how to cover the slot because they haven't had very much success doing that this uh, so far this year. 
And hopefully Aguilar can go off. But if he doesn't really soon, I'm I'm probably going to have to dump him. Yeah, I mean, I think last year we saw this with Alshon Jeffrey getting something like 200 targets and getting 25 receptions. So this seems to be the M.O. for the Eagles wide receivers. I do feel like those were the exact stats. I know it's not that bad. It was like 120 targets and 59 receptions, but hyperbole is fun. No, I mean, the the stats, fake team stats and information is backing you up on this. So my second uh, player who's on a tight, thin ice for me. uh, It's not as, as, uh, I'm not as energized, I would say, as Clark or Jordan are, um, or even really Nicholas. It's just kind of, I'm just kind of blah right now for this guy. It's Dalvin Cook. Obviously, a part of his poor start has been with due to injuries, but even on the field, he hasn't looked great. And the Vikings have been wildly ineffective at running the ball. I'm not complaining too much since this is for the RB1 Listener League, and I also have Kirk Cousins. And since the Vikings can't run the football worth a damn, he's old Kirk is just tossing the pigskin around, getting me a lot of points through the air. Um, but Cook hasn't rushed for over 50 yards in a game this season, and he's currently averaging, let me quickly look this up. Uh, he's averaging 2.7 yards per carry. Oh, uh, oh. He, he's skating on thin ice for me. Uh, and if he and the Vikings don't make changes soon, I don't even know if you can trade him. I think he's just going to hit the waiver wire. Yeah, and I, I hope I'm not doing the backwards-looking narrative to fit what I kind of thought at the beginning of the year. But we had someone coming off a gruesome injury going to a team where tons of things were changing. And that just seems kind of like a tough role to pin your late first round pick on. Like I think Dalvin cook is good and I think they're going to figure it out. But I think by the time they figure it out, if you're lucky, it's going to be week 12, 13, 14 or next year. So it's a tough one. And it's just, he's just, it's unless you have a very well balanced team and a well put together team and you've been attacking the waiver wires very successfully and you've gotten a lot of these young studs on there that you can rely on it's it's hard to have someone just sit on your bench and not be useful until week 12 yeah like so, living on bell right like it's it's you know it's hard to keep these guys around the 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 vikings line is so bad i think they're so i think bad. they're they're providing like uh, I, mean, I think it's like less than half a yard before first contact. You can't run the ball. Like no one can run the ball under those no. circumstances unless it's 2013 and you're Marshawn Lynch. But nobody else can run the ball under those circumstances. And also I think they put him back out there after his hamstring injury. And he got uh, re-injured. Too quickly. Yeah, it re- he re-aggravated it. So that, that was just stupid coaching. Yeah. No, so Dalvin Cook, you're, it, you're, you know, show me something or else you're, you're getting the ax. Isn't Cook doing okay as a receiver? Like, I haven't looked at the numbers, yes. but he seems to yes. be. I mean, yeah, kind of he is. Like, he's, he's still viable. It's just, it's, it's, he's not putting up even RB2 numbers. And yeah. so, horribly disappointing. Right, yeah. right. So, show me something or you're getting the axe. Um, so, there you go. There are some players and some coaches which have no fantasy relevance, but they might have, they have a, a, a more holistic fantasy relevance because the coach affects the entire team, right? So, so basically, Clark and Jordan talked about their whole respective team's offense for you guys, while Nick and I only talked about two players. So, way to really bring it this podcast, you guys. That was that was just above and beyond effort from both Clark and Jordan. Nick, you and I need to step it up next next uh, episode on Thursday. Clearly, we're slacking. Yeah, we're slacking. <clears throat> All right. So before we head out, let's uh, quickly 
do it what we always do when we wrap up our Tuesday podcasts. Uh, if you could add one person off of the waiver wires, who are you adding? Nicholas, let's start with you. Uh, this is a sneak peek of the QB streaming piece that's coming out tomorrow. My guy for this week is Sam Darnold. I really, really liked what I saw with uh, as far as his connection with Robbie Anderson. They connected for two scores last week, 35 yards and 76 yards, and he was thrown to him in tight coverage, which is something that he hasn't been doing uh, up until this point. That's huge. Robbie Anderson's an excellent downfield playmaker. This is going to be big against an Indianapolis defense that has had a lot of trouble stopping receptions of 20-plus yards. Guys like Gronk, Kiki QT, Chris Hogan, Josh Gordon, DeAndre Hopkins, James White, these guys are all – they've all put up receptions in the last two weeks of 20 yards or maybe down as, as low as 18. But point is, this team's given up a lot of long receptions, and with a recent development in the connection between Darnold and Robbie Anderson, I think that that's going to pay huge dividends. He's out there in seven – he's only owned in 7% of Yahoo leagues and 5.5% in ESPN leagues. You can absolutely get him off the waiver wire for nothing. So – Go get him. Feel confident starting him up this week against Indy. Jordan, who are you adding off waivers? Um, I'm going to take uh, Clark Barnes's boy, Kiki QT. Um, looks like he's still only owned in like 20% of leagues. Uh, he had he was largely touchdown dependent to balloon his stats up this past week. But um, just the volume of targets that he's been getting, 15 against uh, the Colts and then seven against uh, the Cowboys last night when you have an offensive line that can't really allow you to develop things downfield and if Will Fuller um, it just seems like Will Fuller always has something uh, as far as an injury so Kiki QT being the second guy whenever that happens is pretty good and I would take a flyer on him to to have him on the bench at least maybe put him in for a flex once the uh, bye weeks start to hit here. Yeah, I'll certainly jump on that. The Texans have two good traditional down-the-field wide receivers, and they don't have anybody, whether it be from the backfield or a slot receiver, that can get those short passes. And when you have no offensive line, you have to have those guys as a part of your offensive. We're seeing that with Naheem Hines now. We see that with a lot of other slot receivers. So this Kiki Kute thing is not uh, is not because I'm a Texans fan, and it's not a fad. They're going to he's going to be heavily targeted until he just can't play. Yeah. Which maybe next week. I don't which know. Been injured, so. yeah. later. Until Bill O'Brien gets fired. Clark, who are you adding off waivers? Uh, so I'm going to cheat and I'm going to do two. Uh, I have Christian Kirk who had a pretty good game with Josh Rosen in his first game. I think that he got bailed out kind of by the touchdown, but I think things are changing in Arizona. Josh Rosen looked pretty good against granted a not great squad, but I think Josh Rosen is creative and young, and he's just going to be able to at least put up some garbage time points. Uh, Christian Kirk, also a rookie, so those guys can get muy simpatico for a lot of years. They might as well start working on it now. Kirk owned in 9% of Yahoo leagues. And then as a super speculative, something that I like to do, like if you're 5-0 and or you're 4-1 and and you just know that there's guys on your bench that are just not going to play, go pick up John Kelly. John Kelly is kind of that league winner that you can either get for free now or you have to spend like 90% of your fab. So it's completely speculative. Don't drop someone that you might play for him. But if there's like if you're sitting on Danny Westbrook and you're 5-0 and and you're never going to start him, go pick up John Kelly instead. My waiver wire ad this week is Mohamed Sanu. 
Calvin Ridley's gotten all the attentions in Atlanta, which is rightfully so because the dude's been balling. Um, but he's widely owned in every league. So there's no point in talking about him. Um, so new on the other hand is likely available in your league. He's available. He's only owned in 32% of Yahoo leagues. Um, and has been a solid fantasy start for the last three weeks. He's had 23 targets for 220 yards in the last three weeks. Um, and is shown to be a very effective Falcons third receiver. I think he brings very steady value. I don't think he would ever jump into wide receiver one category at a, at a reasonable level, but I think he's a strong, Super strong flex and possibly wide or two, especially uh, week six against the Bucks. Um, and then since Clark did too, I'll quickly throw in Wendell Smallwood, JGI. We mentioned it earlier, Torres ACL. So you're now going with a injured Corey Clement, an injured Darren Sproles, and a healthy Wendell Smallwood in the Eagles' backfield. They might make moves. Who knows? But Smallwood had a great week this week filling in for Corey Clement. He had a great week back in week two doing the exact same thing. I think he's someone who gives you. Uh, RB three flex viability and possibly more depending on how that backfield shakes out. So another name to keep track. I love that pick. If you're a Philadelphia fan and you feel like you have a late season run in you to make it back into the playoffs, perhaps back into the Super Bowl, while Carson Wentz is still on his rookie deal, you perhaps maybe you trade for Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, do you? I think you have to look at it. The offense hasn't looked spectacular as we touched on with. Uh, Nelson Aguilar. So, I think you do. Did you, did you guys see? They they just restructured Fletcher Cox's contract like two hours ago, and then they said that it was not to chase Le'Veon Bell. But yeah, bullshit. It's not. Yeah, seems like it might be. They're making moves for Lev Bell. Mark it down. When this podcast goes live tomorrow, everyone's gonna and Le'Veon Bell gets traded a mere hours later. They're gonna be like, "Holy shit, those guys, those RB one podcast guys, got inside information." We'll be like, "Hell yeah, we do." <laughs> and just general last piece of advice like pete i really like your picks if you've got six or seven bench spots like why are you holding on to someone who's the third or fourth wide receiver like get someone who may turn into a league winner like, yep and you don't know who it's gonna be and it's all speculative and it's super luck but there's a lot of luck involved in fantasy but like offered blue on your team you know like that that guy's not gonna win your league like go get someone who's a play away from getting a huge workload and that's why i like the anyone in philadelphia's backfield exactly all right well so there you go um make sure to subscribe on itunes and stitcher rate review leave us five stars give us all that good loving uh follow us on twitter at rb1 podcast follow myself at pete and rogers follow clark at nfl clark jordan at jordan underscore smith 27 nick at ginger underscore underscore nick without a k we will be back at you guys on thursday to give our starts and sits for week six uh and until then uh, peace